Welcome to the Multiply Podcast. Today we're talking with Jeannie Mayo about developing the leaders around you. Check it out. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multiply Podcast. My name is Jared. And my name is David. We're so glad you guys are with us. Dave, today is an exciting day. It's a special day. We have we have a legend with us. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm a legend. Yes. This is so exciting. That, and that's the words of many, not just mine. Yes. You're very kind, Jared. Thank you. If you've done if you've done youth ministry or any sort of ministry in the last, I don't know. 30 plus years you you know who we're talking about and this person has probably influenced you in a pretty profound way i'm excited about for sure for sure and uh, we could take 20 to 25 minutes just rolling out this bio (laughs) um, because of the influence god has given her and the voice that she's had across our nation and country and world really as it relates to youth ministry and ministry but just a few little highlights um, we have with us today Jeannie Mayo and she is the founder and president of Youth Leaders Coach and the Cadre um, she's a director of youth and young adult outreach at Victory World Church in Norcross Georgia which I think is amazing we'll ask her a little bit about that despite her really global influence she has stayed rooted and grounded in serving in a local church which I think is a lesson in of itself to all leaders. She is, of course, a traveling international speaker and author, created resources that most of us have used, and also the executive director of a Atlanta Leadership College where they pour the, into uh, really young, up-and-coming leaders. Um, but for me, I just want to say that I met Jeannie um, in February of 2014 in Branson, Missouri. Jeannie, do you remember the first time we met? At, mm, at, at, I absolutely do. Absolutely. At, the, at, at a DYD, or District Youth Directors Conference for the Assemblies of God. Jeannie right. was there greeting us right. and, and sharing with us. And uh, it was really, I mean, I, I knew her name. I'd seen her from a distance. It was the first time I got to actually speak with her and, and be up close with her. And... Um, just two weeks after that, our third daughter was born, and Madeline was born at 27 weeks. She had a grade four brain hemorrhage in utero, and uh, it's amazing that that's four years ago now. Um, but wow. what I want to say about Jeannie is, you know, all the accolades, all the responsibilities, all the titles, um, despite having really just met me, and they certainly didn't owe me anything, um, she was such a big part of that journey. Uh, texting me, reaching mm-hmm. out with her prayers mm-hmm. and with her love. And it just really, uh, something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. And really, really You're grateful. So and so, Jeannie, welcome to the Multiply Podcast. Uh, we love you, and we're glad you're on here with uh, us. You're so kind. Listen, could you guys send me your intro just this last <laughs> 60 seconds? So when my head is getting kicked in, which is about every other day, I can listen to that again. You know, uh, and absolutely. I'll feel better about myself. When this is released, Thank you, you. you play this as many times as you need to, Jeannie. That's what we're here for. <laughs> and it actually helps. I won't want to hear my own voice. Just, <laughs> I, just yeah. you two introducing me. All well, right. It helps our count, too. It'll make it look like people are listening to it a lot. So that's that's a win-win. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, that's great. Jeannie, for those who only really kind of know you through your resources, uh, tell us a little bit about... Um, you know, what you're doing right now, but also we'd love to know a little bit about your family because I know that you love your family so much. And so give us a little uh, insight into that. so good. Well, gosh, I still, like what you referenced, I'm still uh, Miss Local Church, not because I think other people are bad who are not, but I just have seen so many wonderful folks that got out of 
the day-to-day trenches and I think their ability to relate uh, sometimes, not always, but sometimes went down. So I still am pretty impassioned that Jesus set the local church apart to reach the world. So like you said, you know, my life now uh, is still in Munstaff at a wonderful church, Victory World Church, right outside of Atlanta, Northwest Georgia, about 15,000 people for real attend every weekend. It's our pastor is not the kind of fabricator that makes up numbers. And sometimes I, I hear people's numbers and I go, sure, you know, <laughs> they're all multiple personality disorders. You're counting four times. But <laughs> but Dennis Rouse is not. He's, he's pretty straight arrow, and that's the real deal. So I still get to run um, middle school, high school, college, and career here for them. And then, like you said, Atlanta Leadership College, college of about 100 students from all over the nation. Uh, that, gosh, capture my heart in such massive ways. And then um, then the thing that really uh, has so riveted me, I, I just wanted to give away to other leaders, uh, largely youth and young adult leaders, whether they were paid or bivocational, it really didn't matter, some of what I would have killed to have had myself as far as as coaching and I think mentoring's um, almost a scary word. You know, when we say mentoring, lots of people think of somebody that has coffee with us every week. I've never had one of those, but I would have killed to have had somebody a little wiser, somebody I could trust and respect who would speak in realistically into my ministry and my life and how I do family and how I do all the all of the big stuff in ministry. So I started through Youth Leaders Coach, what's called a cadre, uh, whereby I just have them in my house, 50 or so of them at a hit. And I do it in my house simply because I think that says more personal interaction, what I want them to feel as opposed to the church, which we could have it here. So, so that's kind of the journey for me. My family, gosh, I am, I am fiercely, grateful um, for my family. Um, Some people listening in may know that it was only, gosh, not even a year ago, about 10 months ago, that the hero of my life, Sam Mayo, that I was married to for 48 amazing years, and we did ministry together. Most everywhere we were, he was the senior pastor, and I was his youth pastor, and then ran schools that he started. But he was promoted to be with the Lord after a pretty serious stroke and a battle for about three years. So, gosh, you know, new season with my family. But again, I I remain, and I'm not trying to sound cheese whiz, just super grateful for 48 amazing years with a guy that really is and remains my hero in life. And then we have two biological sons, Josh and Justin. Josh has... I did youth ministry, and then he started his own. He planted a church about an hour away from Atlanta and coming Georgia called Cross Church. Then at it for about four years, he and Monica, and gosh, wonderful. I mean, it's planting church is not for the faint of heart. Yeah. I will just simply say that. But gosh, you know, really a fulfilling ride. And then Justin, uh, also our adult son, the younger of the two, uh, went to L.A. 
and has been there about 12 years running a, a nonprofit that he calls Red Eye that is sliced to uh, to impact culture, young emerging culture creators, because Justin always said, if somebody would just reach these people, they could have such influence for God. But it's culture creators, and a brilliant thing Jesus laid on his heart is they connect to the down and outers. So they, for 12 years, have done consistent ministry in the toughest part of Skid Row. So just recently, the city of L.A. gave to Red Eye and Justin um, a large recreational center, gym and stuff, that they've taken over that now they call the Watts Empowerment Center. So Mm -hmm. it's just a fun season for both of them. Thanks for sharing that with us. And uh, a couple of things I want to mention before we get into the rest of our conversation here is uh, our next episode, we're actually going to talk a little more about what it looks like to lead uh, in seasons of grief. And we've been praying for Eugenie and your family and Thank you, honor friend. Sam and his many years of service Thank and you. look forward with great hope to our, our all of us with our family reunions. Um, so we're going to talk about that in the in the next episode. The other thing I wanted to just make mention of is, you know, all the, th- the things that you mentioned as far as the youth leaders coach and, and cadre and the Atlanta Leadership School. Um, is all of that connected on one place online? If people are curious about any of those, are those all at your personal website or do they have to go to different sites? How, well, how do you they know get what, there? you find links. You okay. find links to them. So you can go to youthleaderscoach.com. The cadre is going to be there. And then we'll link you to Atlanta Leadership College. You see the link there. Or you can just look up Atlanta Leadership College. And then the youth ministry itself, uh, just to kind of give you a little brief panorama, nothing too deeply profound, you can find it at the Victory, Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia, and then, then all of those middle school, high school, college, and career are all listed there. Perfect. Thanks so much. So today on this episode, we're going to be talking with Jeannie really about um, her uh, her heart to coach and to uh, pour into other leaders. And Jeannie, you know, when you think back to when all this started for you, you God put this passion in you and this desire in you. What were you noticing in um, the church world that sort of birthed this desire in you to say, you know what, I want to spend my life just loving and serving and investing into uh, other leaders? Uh, that's a good question. I think the thing that I was noticing was a, a couple of fold. I, I was noticing a pattern in the church world to be good motivators, but often not very good equippers. Hmm. And so I was watching people sincerely enter different realms of ministry. Oftentimes my big focus was youth and young adults. Uh, but, you know, and of course we all know, and depending on whose stats you're, you're looking at, but we know that the longevity of youth and young adult leaders is not long. Uh, but I, I didn't think that was so much a matter of a lack of commitment. What I felt as I got up close to them was that over and over again, uh, people were being, you know, they were going into realms of ministry, whether they were bivocational or paid on both fronts. Many of them had even done a Christian college and supposedly had done courses that would even help some of them. Uh, but an awful lot of the biggest issues remained untouched. And so I was noticing a, a lack of equipping. Secondly, I was noticing, gosh, uh, 
a genuine sense of loneliness. Mm. Uh, and I don't, I'm not trying to be all touchy feely. I, I just saw again, just an awful lot of people that, that gosh, they, they just were lonely, especially when it came to how they dealt with times where they felt like their ministry wasn't doing real well. Cause everybody trumpets their successes, but often don't walk through our own challenges. Then yeah. thirdly, I was noticing that, gosh, there are just a lot of amazing individuals who eventually got out, not because they weren't committed, because it, but because they felt like failures. And, and many of that failure pivoted back to mind games uh, that certainly I had dealt with all of them. Uh, myself, I still do. Uh, but those were just a few of the things. So I thought, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make myself famous by doing this. I'm sure not gonna make myself rich. I'm still not by doing this. But gosh, I wanted to put, and forgive the cliche, I wanted to put some young emerging leaders or some older emerging leaders on my spiritual shoulders, and and see if. If the things that they were telling me in private, I could answer in a more public forum so that they would know how to deal with the feelings of failure. They'd know they were normal. And, and that's how it all started. Jeannie, that's really, it's really cool. You're assessing the, the issues. And I'm wondering, I'm curious, as you're looking at the issues and you're looking at these leaders and their struggles and you're saying, man, I want to I lift these, these guys and girls up. Uh, how do you start? Like, wh- what's the starting point for you to uh, begin to so coach good. and mentor? Well, for me, and you were kind, David, in, in telling the opening story about your precious Madeline, and then when we started the journey together, I think real mentoring, and again, mentoring, I'm, I think there are two sacred words that I hope some people can occasionally use to describe me, and they both start with M, mom and mentor, because I think both of them are pretty sacred. And and by mentoring, I don't mean just this beautiful kind of relationship we all dream of, somebody that's wise and spiritual and takes us out to coffee every week or whatever. I've never had anything close to that. But somebody who's pretty intentional with giving input in some regard to our lives. So how do you start it all? Going back to what was my massive privilege uh, to do with you, I think real coaching mentoring boils down to having a footprint of people over programs. Mm -hmm. And so I know that sounds so basic, but you were kind enough to let me interface with your life and when you open up the crevice to say our little girl was born, huge challenges health-wise, born prematurely, you know, gosh, it was my massive honor to care about you as a person. I think uh, success, especially with the emerging generations, but even the ones previous to this, boils down to a four-letter word, T-I-M-E. And, and so I just think over and over again, when somebody says, I want to start mentoring, I just think, gosh, you know, take a moment to have authentic, non-glamorous interest in somebody else, because you find the doorway. Uh, again, most of us are not, like I said, so interested in 
you know, mentoring that's full of programs as somebody who's going to know us as a person and then do a little bit of the journey with us. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's great. Jeannie, this is Jared. And um, my follow-up question to that, because I love what you're saying about the the people over programs, and I'm wondering, are there some kind of key essentials that um, you need to have in order to make that a reality? Like, what are some key factors? Is it a willingness to open your home or um, sacrificing certain things in your schedule or over your years of doing this, are there some things that other leaders could say, well, you've got to be willing to do this to make this happen? Right, right. You know, and forgive me, Jared, that I, you two sound alike on the phone, so you're so good and so kind and nicely correct me. Oh, but we, we get it all I, the time. I, we get it all the time. Do you? You're too nice. <laughs> Thanks so much. But I, I would say, again, essentials. You know, I already said time, and, and it doesn't mean a million hours with the person. Uh, I often use that old expression, uh, wherever you are, be all the way there. Mm -hmm. Somebody just this morning after uh, a staff meeting said, Mom, there are many things that I respect about you, but one is that you choose to be deeply present with whoever you're talking to, whether it's a short conversation or a long one. And, and I think that's a big deal, that wherever you are, be all the way there. Uh, give them, you may not have a million hours, but be all the way there when you give them time. Uh, for me, when, when somebody's entering my life and I want to uh, have a deep impact, uh, I take some simple notes on what we've talked about. And I know that sounds simplistic. You can do it on your phone. You can do it however it is is easy for you to access because, you know, I may not talk to them for a couple of weeks, but I think that when somebody remembers what you talked about or the challenges they brought up the last time and somebody checks back in with them on that, it says uh, that you genuinely care about them. Mm. And, um, And so, gosh, again, just... Caring enough, it takes you another 30 seconds to make some notes in your phone or somewhere after you talk. I think, thirdly, for me, and you mentioned it already, I think most of us, if we're going to mentor or have an impact on somebody, we just all want to feel like we're more than a project, but that Mm -hmm. people care for us authentically. So I'm going to be real intentional to make sure that I'm in the conversation, slicing the conversation over time, not every conversation. So so it's not all business and ministry, but it's not all personal either. It, it slices both ways in, and even occasionally, and I know this sounds so Pollyanna almost, but gosh, I don't think in the church world many people lean in to say, how can I help you be a better Christ follower? Yeah. Where are the bumps in the journey? Because I think we're all embarrassed to say that we're awkward, but yet, gosh, such a hunger in our hearts to say, look, it doesn't have to be anything profound, but you know, how can I help you in your own personal walk with Jesus? How's things going for real? Your own quiet time, not just studying for a message. 
that sort of stuff. And then last of all, Jared, you mentioned something about having a person in your home. And I'm not saying that's essential all the time, but gosh, I, I think it goes a long way. I mentioned the cadres in our home and our home gets beat up by that. I don't have a massive home. I mean, we have to carry the furniture out, put the chairs down. It's almost a joke. But I think when you can have somebody in your home or meet them away from your office world or meet them occasionally away from the church, like away from a service, even if it's just short, uh, that's a big deal. And then last of all, the I think the non-negotiable is get out of your church ivory tower and intentionally choose to occasionally move into their world. Mm. Now, again, if you're long distance, you can't do that as much except by asking questions. But anybody that's followed my life in ministry, I... I just, gosh, you know, I'm looking even in my office now at shadow boxes of, you know, the 10 and 15 years in different places running the youth and young adult ministries. And they're all, you know, I've got a, a football jersey of Nick Nielsen, who's now who I, I, you know, was privileged to have part of his life. It's his high school football jersey because he's now on Joel Osteen's staff, but I I got the right to speak deeply into his life because I showed up at his football games, you know, just showing up occasionally, not every week, but at, in their world in some small way. So maybe that's too long of an answer. Uh, but that's why I think I can impact larger groups. But when you talk about mentoring or having a deep discipling impact. I got to tell you, I can't do that for the masses. I've got to do that. Mm -hmm. And there's no magic number, uh, but I can't do that for the masses. It's going to have to be, you know, a smaller number that I'm pretty intentional with. And I'm sure that the, you know, the fruit of your ministry is that people who have been, have received from you are now doing the same thing for others. So there is uh, this, yeah. you know, this multiplication um, effect of your ministry where it is biblical, you know, it's it's really the model that Christ gave us of disciples making disciples really and passing on the it teaching. Really um, what I love about what, really what I love about what you're saying, Jeannie, is that sometimes I think leaders sit back and go, I can't do this because I didn't go to leadership school and I haven't read enough right. books and I don't have enough skills. And while all of those things are helpful, when I think of everything you just listed, a lot of it just comes down to effort and heart. Um, it's, That's it. It, it's, it, That's it, it. There is a skill to everything you do, and I don't want to short sell that. But you and I've heard, and I've heard people say this about you that you outserve and you just outlove everyone. Um, and you're so kind. you know, at the end of the day, if you're sitting there going, "I don't know how to develop leaders. I don't. I've never been trained." Well, everything you just said, it's more of a matter of like, am I gonna? Am I willing to put the effort in? And even inconvenience and discomfort myself, you know, when, when we're talking about opening up your home, this past Sunday, I was meeting with a leadership team in our church, and we're trying to talk about what, what deacons and deaconesses look like. And in Titus, uh, Paul, in this whole list of things about, you know, Absolutely. blameless life, don't be arrogant, don't be quick-tempered, don't be a yeah. heavy drinker, then he just slips in, you must enjoy having guests in your home. And yeah. it's yeah. like, how yeah. is that? How really is good. that in that list? 
But yeah. <laughs> be- because for him, and obviously inspired by the Spirit, this is an indicator of somebody who's actually going to be able Absolutely. to maintain and sustain a position of leadership. Absolutely. Um, the transparency it takes to open up your home and the humility and hospitality um, to do so. And so I honor you for doing that. Um, let me let You're me kind. let me end with one one question, um, and then we have one one other little food question for you. But the last serious Got question. Um, Got it. <laughs> we talk about leaders, and we talk about character and competency, right? And I know that character right. means so much, and we talk so much about that, and, and it, we can never give too much attention to character. Uh, but for this right. question, I, I just could you maybe bullet point for us um, when you think of competency, like what are some of the skills and competencies that you see are necessary in healthy leadership? Just so our listeners could even almost use this as a bit of a metric for themselves to think through. Have I ever I have I ever thought about this? So what are some of those things? And, and again, I'm going to slice the competency, not so much character-wise. Am I understanding Jared correctly? Right. All right. Because, you know, I... That was David again, by the way. We, oh, well, that was... The, I give up, you two. <laughs> we keep switching. call it Jared Day. Jared Day, yeah. <laughs> we're we're Day. one person, really. Yeah, no, that's, well, that's awesome. But, yeah, let me, let me, let me kind of move in that direction. Um Gosh, I think, you know, as far as competency, and this sounds so simple, I think we need to understand that, you know, it's the old sentence that we've heard a million times before. We teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. Mm -hmm. And so even this morning in my competency, I said to the Lord, um, Jesus, I, I need you to stir my own hunger for you Hmm. because I'm feeling, I'm feeling spiritually a a bit flat myself. I just spoke, did all four of our services here this weekend to 15,000 people doing an okay job in the pulpit does not have anything to do with where your own heart is. And it's not like I've sinned that I know, but it's not that I've done something bad. I haven't gone without a quiet time for a billion years, you know, all the typical stuff. But I'm just realizing that I'm just personally a little flat spiritually in my own intimacy with the Lord. So when you say competency, and I know this sounds so Sunday schoolish, but I have to, again, we, we lead to our strengths, but we connect to our weaknesses. I have to be honest enough about my weaknesses, particularly as relates to my own personal walk with Jesus. So that, again, I'm not trying to dole out uh, stuff that's that's stale. I think, I think legit love for Jesus Christ, which has nothing to do with my emotions, but everything to do with my intention and my commitment and my choices, is really contagious. So, uh, one of my own competencies is to say, Jeannie, refuse to be like. Lots of people who've been in the kingdom a lot of years. Um, because, you know, Revelation, when it says, I would that you'd be hot or cold if you're lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. I, I just take that call from God pretty seriously. And, and so I know that may be a little bit too ethereal, but number one. Number two, I, I think I 
one of the biggest competencies in being a mentor, somebody has impact, is being a good listener. I think we talk too much in church circles. I call it TRT, typical religious talk. Hmm. We talk way too much and listen deeply way too little. And and so I, the best mentors are people who leave impact are good listeners. Number three, I think they learn to ask, uh, and, I, and I'm not meaning to get all gushy all the time, but I think they have the courage to ask uh, some, uh, some of the big questions. Um, by that, I mean what I referenced before. Occasionally, it's not like I do this all the time, but say, hey, I'm not trying to be weird or anything, but one of my biggest challenges in serving Jesus these years is fighting to keep my own walk with him fresh. How are you doing in that with yourself? You know, opening some of those questions or, gosh, uh, Dave, it, I can't imagine. Well, yeah, I can't imagine how hard it is. I mean, going back to the opening account that he shared, uh, I can't imagine how tough it is to watch your child fight for her life because I went through that with Josh mm-hmm. on a, a different level, but we were in and out of hospitals for two years. How are you doing for real on that? Being able, again, to ask some open-ended questions and not being afraid of silence for a few seconds uh, and not feeling like there always has to be some profound answer on that. And then, gosh, I could say a million other things on it, but, but I think another thing that you have to constantly say to yourself is remember that whatever you respect will always be drawn to you, but whatever you demean will be repelled from you. And so nobody wants to feel like they're my project. If I'm trying to have an impact on their life, um, they legit need to feel that I so much in them, whether they're a kid in my senior high group or somebody in my cadre, that there's legit respect uh, for some degrees in their life. And it it gives me the ability to speak uh, more into their life, even when it comes to areas where they're messing up. I love this old poem by Edwin Markham. It said, he drew a circle that shut me out, heretic, rebel, a thing to flout. But love and I had a plan to win. We drew a circle that took him in. So I guess for competencies, it's just, and again, you know, I know I'm not saying a bunch of the, the, you know, the more technical things, but as both of you already ascertained, I think if you legit love Jesus and take the time to care about people, amazing bridges are built there. Mm-hmm. And those are the things people remember far more than my content. It's almost embarrassing. They don't remember a great deal of my content, but they remember how the Jesus inside of me made them feel. Yeah, well, that's certainly true, and you've uh, you've bore the fruit of that in your life. And so, we're honored if you're if you're listening and you're wise, you will uh, take that advice and figure out how to implement in your life. And so, Jeannie, thank you so much. And we want to get to one of the most important questions, at least to David I'm sure. Hertwick. Um, sure. Which sure. we do a little segment called David's Eats, and we like to ask our guests, "What's the best <laughs> thing? 
What's the best thing you have eaten recently? <laughs> the best. All right, David, am I to go with you want me to tell the best thing I've eaten recently or do we have any more lead up to that question? No, that's that's you know, I know you're down in the south. You probably yes. have access to some food that I can only think of up here in the north. But I'm not going to say that, although I will tell you that though I made such fun of my husband in the early years of our marriage, I will tell you secretly uh, and that my favorite southern dish is fresh corn on the cob that you cut off the corn cob. It's not on the corn cob. And then black-eyed peas mm-hmm. and fresh tomatoes that you cut up with onions and you mix it all together. And I know that sounds gross, but all I can tell you is it is a life-changing food palette. But I'm going to give you one that makes, and by the way, I am absolutely not lying now. My, I'm feeling myself have, uh, my mouth is watering is that it's right, <laughs> the peas, corn, and tomatoes. But nonetheless, for those of you not from the South, though it's not anything new or innovative recently, I'm going to tell you, uh, my birthday is coming up, and if I want to do myself a favor, I will show up at P.F. Chang's, just Mm -hmm. find one in your local, and I will get the lettuce wraps, because I think Jesus dances on the plate with the P.F. Chang's (laughs) lettuce wraps. I think he does. Those are fantastic. I, I've never thought of the Jesus dancing on the plate part, but I do love it. You haven't? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. He's dancing on the plate. Thank you. Oh, I'm not going to dare. Over the lettuce I'm wrap. not going to dare question the theology of Jesus dancing on the lettuce wraps, <laughs> but, but it, it sounds good. And uh, Jeannie, thank you so much for, for being with us. If, uh, if you're listening, we're going to have her back on on another episode uh, talking about uh, some different topics, but more wisdom from Jeannie. So this is the Multiply hey, Podcast. Can I say? Yes, yes. Can I say one last quote? That, so I'm, I'm staring at it, and I just want to say it. it's such a profound, unmentoring deal, Moody. And I hope, I hope my life says this. It's a, kind of the closing challenge. He said, when I die, don't think I'm gone. I'll still be alive in that person and that person, and that person, and that person. So that's what I'm hoping to live in myself. That's awesome. Jeannie Mayo should be back with us. This is the Multiply Podcast. We'll see you next time.